Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Chronic Sisters podcast. You're joined by your usual host, Jess and Sean. Sorry we missed last week. Oh, sorry. Sorry, but not, kind of not sorry also. Yeah, we've had a week and um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, we're still feeling it. You, you're lucky you get in this episode, if I'm honest. Yeah. Because we nearly pulled the pin. <laughs> we did. We did. It's not been a great time. Oh, you but guys anyway. are in struggle town a little bit, hey? We are. We are. But we're here and we are coming to deliver you an episode of the people's choice once again once again um but first sister how was your week <laughs> we get more fucking miserable every I've, week i know honestly i think as we each season progresses we get shitter and sicker yeah uh, anyway anyway uh reality check um not great gotta be honest <laughs> um migraines are shit still um i literally zach the other day was like so zach checks in on me most days well every day actually multiple times because he knows i won't tell the truth every time so he checks in and he asks how how am i going and he also catches me out and makes me tell the truth when i say i'm fine or uh, his favorite thing or, or my favorite thing that i've picked up that he's picked up that i try and change is that he'll go how are you going? I was like, like, I'm okay. I've just got a really bad headache or I'm okay. I've just got a bad pain <clears throat> in my back or whatever. And, um, so I've been catching myself cause he's like, well, then you're not okay. Are you? I was like, well, well no, I am. I've just got, he's like, no, the fact that you've just got, just got something means that you're not okay. So I was like, oh yeah, good point. So now I try and catch myself out. Um, yeah. So migraines have been shit. Zach asked me how I've been. He's making me realise I'm not okay majority of the time. Anyway, I can't remember the point of the story that I'm telling. <laughs> oh my God. You said I'm trying to catch myself out before I say it. Oh yeah, no, that's right. You asked me how have I been? And I'm like, he's like, have you had any headaches? And I said, no, I haven't actually. He's like, oh, that makes a nice change, doesn't it? I was like, yeah, it's been like two days and I haven't had a headache or anything. And my eyes are fine. What? Sure enough, though, the next day I had a headache. So, hey there. A gag gag. Gag Yes, you did. And you had one today at work. And you were meant to go for your sleep study. Oh, God. And we didn't go for our sleep study. Oh, my goodness. The sleep study. The sleep study that was going to basically confirm what we already know, that I stop breathing in the middle of the night and have a hypoxic brain. Yeah, so... Um, look, it's been actually, now that I remember it, we've had a fucking hectic couple of weeks. Yeah, I know. So, I know. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll tell the people, um, cause that's why they're here. So first of all, I had an interview. You for, did. For you had job, a job interview. Right. I'm, I'm very stressed about that because I really want my job. So basically because we're in the health system, everything has to be above board, equitable, et cetera, et cetera. So regardless of the fact that I'm acting in the role, you have to apply for the job. For permanency. For permanency or it's for five years. So pretty much permanent. I had to apply for it, which means you have to go through the whole process. And within WA health system, you have to write selection criteria, which consisted of seven essential criteria questions plus too desirable desirable which basically means you still have to write them anyway so nine each question is about a page worth which is what you're supposed to answer and basically what you're supposed to do is the question will be something like 
how you uh, demonstrate how you provide leadership or whatever it is and you've got to like say i'm this this is why i'm this this is how i've done it and this is why i'm best at it in the answer right so it takes a lot of work and the ad's out for two weeks so you've got to smash it write it edit it get people to read it it's not a long time it's the bane of my existence it's a long time in a short time yeah do you know what i mean like you've got to do a lot in a very short amount of time and get people to read it anyway so i was freaking stressed up to my eyeballs because i was putting this in i got through to the next round which was fantastic i got through to the interview stage which is you know make or break is a yay or nay kind of situation so it turns out that the interview fell on the day of my sleep study now flashback to when i was told about the sleep study you got sent a lot of paperwork that you had to fill out one for the people that are sending me one for the hospital that i was being sent to so there's lots of paperwork you're basically saying the same thing every single time you know your medical history your contact details etc etc And part of the hospital's admission pack, which was online, was like, uh, call your private health insurance, make sure it's covered, or you have to pay up front before, like when you get there rather than afterwards, right? So I was like, oh, you know, I upgraded my health cover. I've got, I know I've got sleep study covered. I've not had this before. I've not had it written down on any of my stuff. We're good to go. Because this was at the beginning of the year that I switched over. Anyway, flash forward a few weeks to the weekend before my interview and before the sleep study. So we're Saturday. Get a phone call from the hospital saying, hey, Sean, we're the hospital. Um, So your private health cover says uh-uh, no go and i was like what do you mean she's like yeah you're gonna have to call them uh so monday morning called them yeah no we you've got to prove that you haven't had it before i was like you just went irish at the end there before, yeah. <laughs> before. um yeah like you've got to, you've got to prove that you that it's not a pre-existing condition i was like but you've got my pre-existing conditions and he was like, yeah, but we don't know that you've not had this before. So you've got to prove to it by getting your GP and the specialist that's referred you to fill in this form and then send it back to us. And then we'll get our doctor to look at it. And it takes about five to seven business days. I was like, so my thing is tonight. I'm not going to. So you're telling me that I can't. He's like, oh, you could pay it and then we might pay it back if you get the forms filled in afterwards. In my head, I'm like, I have to remind myself that this man is not the man that made the rule. He's just the one doing his job telling me what to do. And I was like, do not get pissy with this man. I was, it was hard. I maintained my calm, but it was fucking hard because I was just, I was so stressed because I had the interview and I was trying to sort this out at the same time. And it was just, it was too much for the day. Anyway, long story short, I'm still waiting. I cancelled the Monday night one. I'm waiting for the forms to be filled in by the specialists. I've got the one for my GP. I've then got to send it back to my healthcare provider and then wait to see if they say yay or nay. And then hopefully that decision comes before my rescheduled sleep study in November. (laughs) 
What a ride, sis. Oh, Your so girl just wanted to have a sleep study. I didn't even want it. I know you didn't want it. But, but you were going to sleep it. so well post-adrenaline exactly. interview rush and I you exactly. missed the boat, sis. Exactly. And then I probably had such a hypoxic event that night because I was so fucking stressed. <laughs> That's probably why I've got a headache now. Probably. Anyway, so... So you've had a wicked week. Oh. Do you know what? It made me think back to or think of all of our listeners in America because of the yeah. shit that they've got to deal and with how much they pay. I wanted to quit throw in the towel like when they called me on Saturday I was so stressed Zach was I said to Zach I was like I can feel the butterflies in my stomach getting so stressed and he was like you know it's okay you can't do anything about it and I was like I don't want to do this anymore I, I'm not going to do it he was like what do you mean I was like I just can't be bothered just can't be bothered he was like, would you have been bothered before? They told you that you couldn't have it. I was like, yeah, because it wasn't difficult. But there's just one more thing that you've got to fucking do. Life's already difficult for us. Don't make it harder. I was, I quit. I just deactivated, unsubscribed. Oh, Unsubscribed. Well, let's cross everything that it's covered for November. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, also, um, yes. spoke to my GP, got some new antibiotics to, because oh, for Daz, for Daz, um, got to pick them up. Good girl. I still haven't done that though, but it's on the list. Okay. And my ovary hurts. <laughs> so, you know. Well, that's a good week. So good. So good. I wish I had better news, if I'm honest. Same. Always. Always um, wish it was better than it is. But yeah. Pew, pew, pew. Oh, and I'm pretty sure my lymph is blocked because I, I feel like I've got a goiter. <laughs> growing out of the side of my for anyone who doesn't know a goiter is like you look like a, one of those gibbons with the big swollen, swollen thyroid. thyroid neck that's what i feel like i've got it's in my jaw every time i swallow so i think i've got an ear <laughs> infection as well so sick oh speaking of which oh i've got so She's many off. i've got our first segment ready to go remind me okay ear infection sure. remind me okay no worries first of all though how bad are you <laughs> <laughs> well i've had a wonderful week just kidding um it's been shit uh i slept on my neck wrong last <laughs> Friday night. Tell and me I woke you're nearly 30 without telling me you're nearly 30. Literally, I woke up on Saturday and can't move. And I thought that will get better in a couple of days. I went to Chinese, a Chinese medicine massage man. I went to remedial deep tissue. Mm-hmm. It's, I thought, yeah, I'm turning the corner. It's getting worse. And that Chinese massage was the worst pain I've physically been in in my whole life yeah. for that whole hour. And you've been like, in some pain. You might, you might feel a little bit sick. I was like, a little bit sick. What if I can yak my guts up? Anyway, it was awful. Like good pain, like a good pain, but like fucking hectic. Yeah. Anyway, it's still really sore. And now I've got to hop back on it and I can't really move and I've got to work all weekend. So that's sick. Um, so it's my neck. Like that's just an inconvenience. Like I yeah. have enough going on. Yes. Give the sore neck to someone else who's got it quite easy. Please. Please. And thank you. Please. And thank you. Um, People just wake up with no pain. I'd like to remind you that. Yeah, anyway, so it's really bad. And I've been living off Panadol Nurofen. Speaking of Panadol Nurofen, I had a pelvic pain appointment, which I uh, put up on the story. Yes. I wasn't prepared for. So I I told you all back in, would have been season two, Mm. that I had this wishy-washy group during peak COVID group consult about like, 
pain you just breathe through the pain and yeah, visualize it's, it's not mind. there it's in your mind i'll follow the treat and i was like this is fucked yeah. anyway didn't think anything of it yeah then i got this um letter to say i had another pain appointment one-on-one mm. and i thought it was the wishy-washy people yeah it was meant to be a video call and then like a couple of weeks before i said no it's in person i said Ooh, sure face to face so anyway i swapped my shifts in icu and yep i was going in mm. anyway old mate dropped me off because he had some fitness test to do around the corner. So he's like, I'll just drop you off. You'll just be half an hour, won't you, babe? Yeah, yeah, yeah babe. No worries, half an hour. See you in a hot minute. Anyway, I walk- You were planning on getting coffee. I was planning on getting coffee. So I've like walked in to this appointment and I'm. it's dead. Like it's like a ghost town in mm. there. It's first thing in the morning. There is mm. not another patient to be seen. Like mm. no one. Anyway, the lady comes in and she's like, oh, hi, Jess. Um, can you fill out this questionnaire? Yep, sure. We love them. We love to talk love. about how fucked we are at 7.30 in the morning. We oh. love that. Anyway, my, I look at my phone. My phone's on silent because I'm in a waiting room, right? Yes, you're in a hospital. Millions of missed calls from my mum and my dad. Mm. And I was like, oh, fuck. What has happened? So I'm on the phone to my mum. She's like, where are you? And I was like, uh, at the hospital waiting for my appointment. She's like, oh, because they've been calling me and dad as the emergency contacts asking where you are. If you were coming today, are you late for your appointment, babe? I was like, mum, appointment's not for another 15 minutes. Yeah, I'm good. I'm early, in fact. I'm here. So I had to speak to the nurses to be like, my mum and dad are calling me because you think I'm not here. I've already been checked in, but they didn't have their normal hospital staff. And they, I'd already done the, all mm. the pre-paperwork. It was a wild time. So mum and dad were stressed. I was stressed because I thought something more stressed was happening. was happening they were stressed because they thought something yeah. more stress had happened and then i wasn't there anyway so i was there great so i'm already i'm already heightened yeah walk into this appointment it was a two-hour appointment holy shit two fucking hours uh, yeah i had my coffee it went cold didn't have a sip of it mm. because it was like a panel it was full on so i had a pain specialist and an anesthetist i had a psychologist and i had a pelvic continence and bowel nurse mm. and then liaised through them a dietitian um and a physio great i mean holistic we love full it team. but i was not prepared anyway no. it was a full recollection of your whole story from start to finish and i'm not going to bore you all with it because you all know my story from start to finish yeah but it started with like what do you do where do you live do you own your place how much do you work how many hours do you work do you have a partner what do they do how serious are you almost 30 are we going to have kids soon are we going to talk about that should we talk about your hormones you're still having breakthrough bleeds we need to increase your progesterone or should we not because are you going to have kids hang on you've got another appointment with the specialist in a month so we'll wait on that but can we just talk about your bladder and are you getting UTIs and you're waking up during the night to wean how many times are you doing that let's talk about your bowels okay now you're in ICU how many times are you shitting while you're caring for a ventilated patient how many gastro stops do you take and now we're going to talk about sex we're going to talk about sex how painful is sex do you stress that your partner's going to leave you because you don't have sex enough because it's so painful for you and I was like holy fuck anyway yeah. it was this whirlwind appointment they were very lovely yeah but I was very triggered mm. because I walked in and the anesthetist and pain specialist who was incredible mm. sounded like and looked like the man who shall not be named shall not be named that completely traumatized me last year when i was unwound yeah and when i walked in the first thing he said was it's so lovely to see you again jess and now everyone who knows me knows i am a fucking elephant oh yeah with names and faces yep 
I met you once. I know your whole life story, doll, yeah. and I'm going to remember you till the day I die. Absolutely. I did not recollect this man. And mm. I was like, maybe I've worked with him in the past. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't actually think we've met. <laughs> and he was like, no, we have. And I was like, oh. No, I don't think we have. It's so nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I was urinatherist when you were septic last year. I was Ugh. like, oh, well, oh. clearly. I, I would had, never I had other priorities you. back yeah. then. He was like, so nice to see you well. You were very yeah. sick. I was like, no shit. Anyway, that was quite validating that he saw me when I was very unwell. Yeah. The appointment went for two hours. It was incredibly full on. And then the most intimidating part at the end, actually, I don't know what's more intimidating, a big burly man asking about my sex life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's like, this is literally what he said. This is like so TMI, but because we're this is our platform, it's happening. Doesn't matter. We're going to talk Go about it. it. He said to me, he was like, Jess, what if we told you we don't want you to ever have painful sex again? I said, well, uh, yeah, I'd like that too. Yeah. Like, I think that's a common goal. Yeah. And he was like, no, but like, we, we want you to stop having it. And I was like, okay, yeah. Where are you going with this? Yeah. And he was like, because imagine if someone just like dootsed you, like punched you hell hard in mm. the arm. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, and then every time they saw you, they just touched your hell hard in the arm, right? Mm. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, and then you just look at that person and you, you tense up, you tense mm. up and you're, you're traumatized and you're sad and you're scared and you're sore mm. because you know what's coming. Mm. That is you with a penis. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, okay. 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 I mean, I see where you're coming from. I get you. That's a very good analogy, sir. Thank you, kind sir. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot for 8 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> on a weekday. And I had so many other people in the clinic, like, nodding, like, mm, mm-hmm. mm. Yes, yes, And yes. then the psychologist just, and then she's asking me if I wanted to kill myself. And then the, doc- the doctor's like, well, you had a pretty bad year. Like, we, we wouldn't, wouldn't judge you. you. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, it was just a lot. And then at the end, they go off. So they all rise like in the fucking church. They all stand and you're sitting and they're like, we're all just going to stand and move to another room to discuss you. Feel free to stretch your legs. And he said to me, because I, I was obviously, I got through the whole appointment. No tears. No tears. No tears. No tangles. And he was like, your pain is awful. Look at these images. Like, look at your scar tissue. Like, it's awful. And he yeah. said, I need to reduce your pain by 50% to improve your quality of life by at least 80%, Jess. Like, yeah. what are you functioning on? I was like, I'm doing everything. Yeah. He's like, not well. Like, who could you not well? He's like, who's been managing you? I was like, myself, doll. Yeah. Like, no one's picked me up. This appointment I should have had when I was discharged. It's been mm. like fucking 15 months. Anyway, he's going to keep a close eye on me. But then he was like, I want to put you on a Norse band patch. For those of you who don't know, it's an opioid patch that mm. you wear on your skin. Mm-hmm. And to pentadol every morning. And I want to change you from amitriptyline to nortriptyline. Now, I'm an ICU nurse. I didn't realize the difference between amitriptyline and nortriptyline mm. and endo. And I'm sure yeah. a lot of you out there wouldn't either. So, wild ride, lots of things to, like, comprehend. I got through the whole thing. They asked if you had, like, sexual trauma, awful previous relationships. Like, it was full on. Yeah. The psychs asking you questions and the nurse. Like, it's coming from you from all angles. Mm. And I was so good. And then they said, oh, so if we were to do a vaginal exam on you right now, how would we? How would you go? Mm. And it was that question that I was like, oh, not well. Ah. And then I, the tears started. I was crying hysterically. 
and he asked what had happened and I had to go through reliving the trauma, but I couldn't even talk about it. Yeah. I couldn't even say what he said to me. I couldn't even go there. And all I could say was, if that was somebody else, like, I don't know. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. It was just awful. And then they were trying to work out how bad my PTSD was. They're like, could you still walk into that hospital, that building? And I was like, yeah, it's just the the one man. And like, do you need to do like a rapid eye movement course to remove flashbacks of him? Mm. Like, no, I've done all of that. Thank you, though. Yeah. And then they all disappeared. The pew stood up. They went out. They made this fucking care plan for me, this double side care plan. Mm Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing, holistic. So there was all these medication changes, all these hormonal changes, but then he wanted to speak to my lupus man and my endo man, which I appreciate. We love that. And then it was like, oh, Jess, you just need to swim four times a week. I was like, hang on. I just told you I dance. I do Pilates twice a week. I try to walk my dog. Mm. I work two jobs. Mm. And he was like, it's so good for your pelvic pain and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I've already told you my pelvic pain's the least my worries. I can't fucking walk to the letterbox at the moment with my feet. Yes. So that was a wild ride and like we need you to try mindfulness because you've just got such a high stress job and no one else has that kind of stressful job and you need to try and um, reduce your hours. I just dropped to point nine. You mm. need to try and track your sleep. Old mate makes me do that every yeah. night. Like yeah. I'm doing the things. Yeah. And they're like, we don't know how you've navigated this on your own. And I'm like, well, for all of my chronic sisters and misters out there, that's what we do, isn't yeah, it? We just exactly. Navigate it all. And, and so, yet they're still surprised. They're like, why? Wow, you've just <laughs> coped so well. What choice do I have, yeah, doll? Like, exactly. I don't know. Anyway, it was a full-on appointment that I wasn't prepared for. And they're like, do you want to see a dietitian? And I was like, mm, no, not really. Mm. Like, I'm already gluten-free, sometimes dairy-free if I'm being good. I've kind of identified my triggers. But anyway, they're sending me there. So, I've got an appointment next yep. week. <laughs> And then they sent me, they were going to send me into a, which I didn't know about. It's a really cool service, an endopelvic pain yoga course at the hospital. And Very I was like, cool. sign me up. But it's the same day as dancing, so don't sign me up. But thanks um, for thinking of me, huh? Thank you so much. Um, so, yeah. It was had, a quick referral also. Very quick. The next day they yeah. called. I think they were just like, this bitch is fucked just when fucked I left. Up. Yeah. Like and, shit. Like, they were probably no, there, still talking about you. Yeah. There was no one else in the waiting room either like to come in after me. And I was Fuck. like, is this an intervention? <laughs> it felt like a fucking staged intervention. Yeah. And I was like, if it is. A pelvic intervention. Appreciate it. But why didn't we have it last May? Yeah. Could have done with this. Oh, a long time ago. Um, so like after yeah. I got discharged. Literally, because he's like, so just run me through last year. So it was the tonsils and then we had the endo and then we had the perf and then we had the redo lap and then you got home. And, well, then when, when did glandular fever come in and then a lupus? Fuck me. He's like, <laughs> like typing away. He's like, I can't keep up. Yeah. Anyway, wild ride. Bad 12 bad months. Bad week. Sorry. What a fucking awful start to the episode. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. You're listening so to the Chronic Sisters. That's why we didn't do an episode. We're chronically manic, honestly. Um, so I think, if anything, it justifies it. Not that you have to justify taking time off. Yada, yada, yada. But that's why. You know your girls aren't just, you know, twiddling our thumbs. And if you've had a bad week, we feel you. feel you literally my right ovary right now. I cannot <laughs> Your right ovary is like, take me to that pelvic pain clinic. <laughs> Literally, it's like, I'll show you yoga. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, my God. Should we get on to the first segment? Because I'm bored of talking about how shit our lives are. Yeah, yeah, let's hop on to okay. it. Because it's time for the... Fun fact follow-up. Fuck. All right, hit that. me. What's okay, your fun fact follow-up? So, I have... 
a fun fact follow-up from season one. What? <laughs> from season one, my friend. Season one. Okay. So what do you mean? I'm going to tell you a story. I haven't even told you this. So with my work, I'm doing one of these really cool projects. And with it, we um, are talking about Marfan syndrome, which for anyone who's new... I have Marfan syndrome. Um, really? Yes. It's a genetic disorder. Um, for this, I had to do like kind of like a, a timeline of my story, right? To see like where the signs and symptoms came, when I got diagnosed, et cetera, et cetera. So I was writing a little, you know, story about me. Um, and I, because obviously you don't remember when you were a baby for majority of people. So I had to involve the help of my mum and dad. My dad was the one who kind of did all the appointments with me because my mum um, held a lot of trauma around hospitals and stuff. So my dad was the one that kind of took me to them. So I was asking him for like, you know, the beginning story. So when I was diagnosed, I was diagnosed with Marfan syndrome when I was seven six or seven, right? But before that, I had my diaphragmatic hernia repair, which for those of you who don't know, it's a hole in your diaphragm, which is the thing that makes your lungs breathe. Um, and all my organs from below my diaphragm were in my chest. Popped on up to say hello. Just tickle the tonsils. So I said to my, my dad, I was like, how did that happen? Like I was 18 months old, so nearly two. And he was like, I don't actually know. You'll have to ask your mum that. Can't remember. Bearing in mind, this is like 30 years ago now. So anyway, I asked my mum. My mum remembers it because it's just burnt into the back of her eyeballs. Um, so <laughs> my mum took me in to the doctors because I kept getting ear infections. Got an ear infection. We know this. Do we? You've said this. No, I haven't. You have. I didn't know this. Did I know this? You went in for an ear infection and then it was like an incidental finding because your mum was like, I can hear. No, no, no. So I thought I got that bit wrong. Okay. Maybe I have said it, but I'm going to clarify the truth. You said you went in for an ear infection. So I went in for an ear infection. Then what happened, the, the lady took, the lady GP took my shirt off to listen to my chest, saw that I had scoliosis and went, this person has scoliosis to my mum. And my mum's like, what the fuck is that? And then she goes, the GP goes, this is definitely scoliosis, but we'll send you for an X-ray to confirm. Went for an X-ray. That X-ray confirmed that indeed I did have scoliosis. And you indeed had your bowels in your chest. No, they thought I had a tumour. So they took an X-ray and my X-ray, there's a lot of air pockets. You've seen it. There's a lot of air pockets, right? So they thought I had a mass in my chest. So my mum's gone into the GP to say my child has an ear infection and has been told she has a weird spine and possibly has a tumour in her chest. So so they sent the x-ray to a specialist and said, what's this? And the specialist said, I don't think it's a tumour. I think that she's got actually a diaphragmatic hernia. And then it wasn't until after the surgery that my mum, like hindsight, looks back and was like, she's always been constipated. She would always sound weird after she drank. She was always uncomfortable. She was colicky, like blah, blah, blah. So fuck knows how long I had that diaphragmatic hernia for. Probably from birth, sweetie. Which Wild. I don't know how you live this long. Because exactly. kids die all the time exactly. from these things. Exactly. 
Anyway, so poor mum was telling me about when I had the surgery done and I had a nasogastric tube and they had to like not feed me for gut rest and stuff for a week and I was beside myself and then they would give me the little lollipops of like a sponge with water on and I'd suck it to death to try and like get water in my mouth and then mum was like and then they just suction it out of your nasogastric tube but then she was like but during that admission you taught yourself not to wet the bed at night and so by the time we left you were toilet trained overachiever sis Stop always it. always not dying and teaching myself not to piss my pants ah <laughs> who is she who is she stop it anyway so that, i thought i thought that was an original fun fat follow-up but maybe i'd already fun fat followed up and forgot about it i think that's just stroke brain it, you definitely went in for an ear infection we did know that but okay. there was bits of the story we'll be seeing. we wrong. didn't know it was a mass yeah thought sure. it was a mass yeah so it was a, it, they thought it was a mass well there you go fun. so stressful for your family so no wonder mum has got white coat syndrome no hey? fucking wonder honestly i don't know how i've made it i know well we're glad you're here yes, i'm glad I, well no, I am glad I'm here. <laughs> I'm like, some days it's not easy. It's not easy. I do easy, question the existence. But we appreciate you. Oh, thank you, and, sister. And uh, the community appreciates you. Oh, and speaking of, uh, we hope you all enjoy our new logo. Yeah, uh, It's very exciting. So exciting. Um, we have some exciting things planned yes. with said logo. Yes. Um, can't give too much away just yet. But yes, so we hope you enjoy that. But uh, it was very nice. Yeah, it is very nice. Thank you so much. Jess designed it. Everybody, yeah, li- like you all know, I don't do technology. She I can't do anything, anything arts and crafts. That's all I can offer you. Yeah. So you're welcome. But speaking of the community, this episode this week is a seed of an idea from our community. Yes, he does. So one of our listeners, um, Katie Lane, she sent in a message. Shout out, Katie. She sent a video um, basically showing, I don't know if you've seen um, Bella Hadid, uh, in the recent fashion show where she got um, her dress sprayed onto her. Um, so she basically just walked out in front of everybody butt-ass naked. And Did they just she have sprayed. anything on her boobies or Absolutely not. Oh. I think maybe she had a G-string on, maybe, but she just covered her boobies. Um, and they just sprayed her with this like liquid latex. And then it dried and then they cut it into this beautiful dress. And then she walked around like she'd just put it on. Um but the, the video was basically saying like the fashion industry says that they can't um, make clothing for um, disabled people or anyone of different, body, different shapes. body shapes. And then they also now just literally spray a dress on, sprayed a dress on and adjusted it to the appropriate proportions of this like body. Yeah. Perfect. So the idea, the, the video is basically mocking that idea, right? And so from that video, we kind of thought, well, the kind of discussion around that is representation, right? And the acceptable nature of having different looking bodies in fashion and in media. And so we thought we'd we'd talk about it. We sure did. Didn't we? We did. I found an article by a girl called Hattie Banfield and she spoke about making us think, I guess, like thinking about how often someone in the mainstream media, like you think about mainstream media, you think about TV, reality shows, models, magazines, any way you desire your media, mm. social media, Instagram, whatever. You think about the ideal. It's it's the skinny, the tall, yep. often white skin, mm-hmm. blonde hair gal. Yep. That's your ideal. Yep. So she wrote this article saying, imagine... 
if you see someone like super successful mm-hmm. on me- any form of media mm-hmm. platform mm-hmm. and how often they're actually identified as their unusual in quotation characteristic like that bigger model yeah or that darker skinned comedian yeah or that like and they're identified for it so they they have a primary characteristic which doesn't conform to this idea of the desired body yeah and it reduces them and objectifies them Mm -hmm. like why can't you just say great comedian yeah hilarious I don't know, presenter. Well, it's that whole thing as well about gender. I know this isn't the topic, but it's like the female meh. Yeah. Why can't it just be the meh? Yeah. Whatever the meh is. Exactly. And then she like, it went on to say that th- there's people out there that like, um, like you, you say like, oh, she's gorgeous for a bigger girl. Oh. Or she's yeah. so confident for someone with such bad skin. Yeah. Like, why don't you just say she she's gorgeous, she's yeah. confident. Like, why do we add the atypical yeah. physical characteristic into that sentence? That's so interesting. Why I've never is thought it of there? It like that. Like, yeah. it shouldn't be there. And we're still identifying and objectifying them. Yeah. And you're just saying something great about them and then you're backhanding them. Yeah, with, like, with the... Boop, not really. They're, they're good, but they're not But they're the not normal. actually the desired. Yeah. They could be better, really, yeah. if they fix that. Yeah. I just think that statements like that like these she's she's gorgeous but he's gorgeous for the you know yeah it makes it so difficult for all of us who fail to meet the idealized body shape Mm. personality type whatever it is to accept our own bodies are also beautiful because you're saying like you know um you're really funny for a girl who's got a crooked spine yeah like you fucking kidding like what does that have anything to do with it yeah but that's literally like how we meant to accept our own body if yeah. you're saying that my body is a barrier to something that's actually not even related to and it. And that you're surprised that I am the thing yeah. that I am regardless of the fact yeah. that I've got that. Yeah. That's, that I have never thought about I know. it like that. And it's so wild. It's just so wild. And then there was another thing saying like, you know how some people are like, oh, oh, you know, my mate, he prefers bigger girls. Yeah. He prefers Asian girls. Yeah. He, she prefers short guys yeah it's saying when you're saying that you prefer something you acknowledge that that preference isn't everyone else's preference yeah so you're acknowledging that that person Mm. doesn't conform to the ideal body shape body type body image the norm the the, the the normative yeah and just for the listeners we're putting inverted commas with our fingers but it's like oh yeah they prefer this yeah so we then as a like society we have to try and unlearn these ideals and standards but it's pushed through the media and it further divides us because we're who cares if they prefer them yeah why don't you just say he I likes like. tall girls. Yeah. Like, what? Wh- 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 oh, I prefer tall girls. So girls should be short then. Yeah. Like, it's just the phrase that people use. And you don't think about it. It's like, the choice of language, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, but we do it all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm, I would have been caught out for doing it as well. Yeah. But you just, it just makes you realise how much, like, subtle media influence can have on all of us. Yeah. It's in... And it gets down to that ableism again, doesn't it? It It's rearing its ugly head. But it's like anything that is not the norm, in inverted commas, is seen as odd 
or unaccepted or that it has an extra effort in order to be accepted. Yeah. Whether that be in clothing, in And like good function. on you for accepting them. Yeah. Like there's this thing like, oh, I'm glad you accept them. Yeah. That's really nice well, that you like you short it. boys. I don't know how you do that. Yeah. yeah. Like, come good on. Good for you. Yeah. Not for me. That Not my cup of not, tea. So, yeah. And then when you talk about fashion, like inclusivity has been a bit of a hot topic, I guess, for fashion, especially in recent years. And we yeah. just talked about Bella Hadid and we've spoken about uh, like there, there is movement and drive behind it. Mm. But like I was reading a few that fashion articles and stuff and people like um, ASOS at the moment, pretty little thing, like iconic, mm. those big, big, big um, mm. fashion online industries. Yeah. They are using different models with different sizes, races, genders, yeah. I, I, gender identification. They are using it. Yeah. But it's really interesting. I read a, another article by the same people saying, yeah, they're, they're putting these people all over it. Mm. You know, they're on your like cover photo up the top and mm. there's there's images of them. But mm. still, when you go to pick something for a size, it mm. goes size, you know, for say for women, mm. stupid sizes that no one no one is, like a four, mm. six, eight, ten, twelve, yeah. 14 and then after 14 it's plus size yeah so why yeah why, why are you doing that you're you're segregating it just you you've you're hiring diverse models yeah you're trying to change it that is not a hard thing to just continue with 16 yeah. 18 20 yeah but you now are subcategorizing them as plus size yeah. and making them less than the ideal sizes, yeah. less yeah. than the ones that just pop up. You've yeah. got to go looking for the plus extra, size. In an extra in yeah. an extra tab. Yeah. But that's the thing is like that whole, it's, it's a buzzword, right? That inclusivity, it's a buzz, diversity buzzword. And so the, the brands that will get it, get it in that it's not just a buzzword. It's like an actual identity of the brand and to and what I found like when I had my hip done and I was having to be in a wheelchair and like I'm uh, an able body in that I can walk without an aid but when I was needing an aid half the shops I couldn't even get into no because it comes back to the ableism and accessibility like it's not there oh well we've got you know a a model that looks different to the normal models that we have what more do you want Mm. but I think there's there's so much to be said about representation, right? In that it it means so much to those that it means so much to, and that should be enough. Yeah. Like, like if you increase the representation in the media, it increases the self-worth of society. Yeah, exactly. And it challenges that norm, right? And like for me, when I was like when I was young and I was in Greece on a girl's holiday and, you know, everyone's in like bikinis or like flowy dresses and whatever I was in a queue to a nightclub so we were out and about and I've always like I've said spoken about the podcast before like I haven't had the greatest or I don't have the greatest relationship with myself and my body I was in the queue and the girl in front of me had this beautiful dress on no back like beautiful something that I would never dream about wearing because of what my back looks like. And I looked at her and I was like, because again, you know, when you are obsessed with a thing, that's all you look at in other people. Like I look at people's feet, I look at people's teeth and I look at people's backs because those are the things that I find 
the most insecure about myself because I, I basically judge myself on other people and that's all I look at for other people because I'm like, I need to prove that mine is worse by looking at other people's. That's me with hair. I'm like, sh- looking at my, she doesn't have extensions. Her hair's yeah. real. Her yeah. hair's real. Mm. Her hair's so real. She's got Isn't such that weird? Hair. I love her hair. Yeah. I love her. Yeah, I love her. I want to be her. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I was in the queue to get into this nightclub and this chick was in front of me. Um, I had a beautiful backless dress on and she had the exact same scar as me for on her spine for a spinal fusion. Same thing. Right down the back. Zipper from top of her shoulders right down to the base of her spine. And in that moment, I was like, fuck yeah, she's my people. And look at her like repping her back like a true champion and looking stunning in that dress. And in that moment, it was the representation in the public, right? Yes, it's not the media. Yes, it's not on a billboard, but it's in public. And she is without any qualms, to my knowledge, representing herself and who she is as unapologetically, which is what we should all be striving for. But I guess what I'm saying is giving the value of representation is is so huge because of that moment would be escalated. But for you, like even that experience would have increased your confidence tenfold, seeing yeah. that there's someone else like you out there. Exactly. Um, Chapman University actually did this study and it was by one – it was – well, there's 1,426 women involved. Mm-hmm. So it's a big, big-ish study. And yep. what they did was line up 10 images of women in bikinis, women on the runway, and then had said to them, how do you feel now mm-hmm. afterwards? And how do you feel about maybe putting spades on and going to the beach? Get in and the bin. more than 50% of mm-hmm. these plus 1,400 women – said, absolutely not. I'm not wearing a swimsuit. I'm insecure about my stomach. I'm insecure about my thighs. I mm. hate my boobs. I hate... And oh, between 50 and 60% of them instantly, instantly. just from gazing at images because yeah. they didn't identify with any of these unrealistic models that were put in front of them, mm-hmm. they instantly felt self-loathe. I don't fit in. I, yep. This is not for me. Yeah. And I mean, that's again why I was talking like Sean said, just to be feel united. That's why we put the spoon in our symbol yeah in our new symbol because that like we said that's the uniting thing yeah if you saw someone with a spoon mm. that, like i don't know if you if you saw someone out there like an identification i don't know a tattoo a, a jumper a, yeah a something that represent re- represented a community that spoke to you yeah you would automatically feel like i'm safe here yeah there's other people that quotation speak my language connected i i i have a place yeah I do fit in. Yeah. So that's why, I, like, we get it. That's why they need, models need to change. Not just models, people who, you know, are in on the front, front cover of a magazine. Like, those yeah. things, like, we the need. The brands need to change. Yeah. The drivers behind yeah. it, right? They hold the power. I mean, it means so much. Like, could you imagine growing up, like, when you were younger and seeing women, men, people look similar to you outwardly like imagine in a positive light oh yeah i always think like m- back in uni days my psoriasis was awful mm. like it's a 40 degree day but your gal's wearing a scarf because she's got psoriasis really bad on the back of her neck so mm. i'm just gonna run up and probably faint because i'm so hot yeah but i'm like oh my god i i just i had this like 
fear that I was people would think I was dirty mm. and disgusting because psoriasis can be plucky and flaky and yeah. you can, it, you just feel like people are watching you and are mm. judging you. I'm like, oh my god! Imagine if they had a weatherman. Yeah. With psoriasis on TV. Yeah. Like I think I would actually feel so different if people knew about it and it was normalized. Yeah. And I just remember how insecure I was about my body at that period of my life. Mm. And it was awful. And there was no one I could relate to, identify with. Yeah. And I'll never, ever, ever forget. I started nursing. So when Sean and I started our grad program way back in the day now, there was another girl in our group and she was so insecure about psoriasis mm. and I lifted my hair out. I was like, oh, sis, we're the same. And mm. it was like this instant friendship, yep. instant bond Yeah. to the point where I got pretty sick and we're like sending each other photos flakes. of our flakes, like who yeah. can get the bigger flake oh, for the day. You gross. We're, we're pretty gross. Shout out to you, <laughs> Sister Flaky. But like that and her name is literally Flaky in my phone. <laughs> but, but that was what we bonded over yeah. instantly. I'd never met someone my age yeah. with the same thing. Totally. And she's this beautiful, stunning, capable woman yeah. that was so insecure about something that when I looked at her, I didn't even really, I didn't even see it. Yeah. But she was so insecure and I was the same. Yeah. And it, it's something so simple as like representing, Yeah. you, you know, they don't even have, if, if I saw someone on TV now, they didn't even have the disability that I do mm. or the physical appearance that I do, but just someone who was a little bit different. Yeah. I would still identify with them. Yeah. For just being a little bit different. Not this norm. Yeah. The idea of this norm. I, I mean, it would honestly have been life changing for me to see someone who is disabled in a similar way to me or even in a different way, but disabled in a positive light. And when I say positive, I mean, not highlighted just existing, mm -hmm. just being there rather than like in, even in like fictional drama for like anyone with a feeding tube, it would have to be from anorexia. It, it's not from nutritional need or, you know, gastroparesis or, or, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it always has a connotation and a perception rather than it just existing. Like why does someone having a feeding tube cause people to think why does she have a feeding tube mm -hmm. it should just be she's got a feeding tube cool it's sally yeah do you know what i mean yeah like it's, it's just it's just a part of her it's just it like as if someone's having earrings or glasses yeah. like glasses glasses is an aid yeah i cannot see without these and yet glasses totally fine totally fine if you Normalized. have a walking stick why does that young person have a walking stick? Yeah. But isn't that so funny? Why does a young person have glasses? Like, I've worn glasses since I was eight. Literally. Like, uh, but that's okay. It's fine. Although at primary school, it wasn't as okay. In high school, it kind of became cool. But I think it has changed now because glasses yeah. are very, like glasses, hearing aids. Hearing aids. They're cool. Same. No one has an issue with hearing aids. Why yep. do we have an issue with walking aids? Yeah, Exactly. But why do why do we have AIDS in, in an issue with anything like yeah, pegs, judges, you know, anything, anything that improves someone's quality of life? Why? Who fucking cares? Like, why? Why should you be made to feel less than by just existing in the best way that you can I exist? I know. And that's why representation is so important, because it, it just passively normalizes your existence. It shouldn't need to be normalized. 
absolutely not. However, it does because we've had this normative approach pushed onto us for so long that by increasing your representation of different bodies, disability bodies, disabilityed, disabled bodies, you you dilute the water of the normative mind. And so little yous, little me's, little you guys listening can actually grow up feeling that they are belong. valued and belong and are safe holding the space that they do. Like it's, I remember when, um, what's that model's name? Willow something. Now Winnie, Winnie Harlow. Winnie Harlow, that's right. I remember when she first came out into fashion and into her modeling career. So for anyone who doesn't know, Winnie Harlow has vitiligo. Is yeah. that how you say it? Vitiligo. And it's the melanin in your, like the pigmentation in your skin um, changes. So you become, um, it becomes patched on your skin in whatever way it wants to. There's no rhyme or reason. Um, and so Winnie has vitiligo and she is a very successful model. But I remember when she first came out onto the scene, it was a big shock. It was this huge thing, like, and it almost becomes like this spectacle. Because, and she was a spectacle because she was actually, that's where she started, was 2014 on... Um, US Next Top Model. Yes, that's right. And she pushed it and she got really yeah. far and everyone was like, oh, hang on. Yeah. We're, we're pushing the limit here with someone that's a little bit different. Yeah. But because of that, she's almost started this conversation around acceptance. And now there's more and more modeling agencies that are specializing in disabled models um, and models that don't look like the normative body. And I think it's so important. Because, yeah, I mean, someone like Winnie, she was diagnosed at four. So imagine her life from yep. four to, I don't know, whenever she started a modeling career at 20. Yep. There, there aren't many people that look like her. No. And imagine her self-confidence and self-worth growing up. Yep. And now, like, it's her mission to redefine beauty standards and break down the barrier in fashion. Like, that is her yep. mission. That's her goal. And she's doing a fucking great job at yep. it. But she would have had it tough growing up. Yeah. Like, there's immensely. no doubt in my mind. But even, not even in like fashion media, but even in like storybooks now, in storybooks, they're starting to put in children within the storybooks that look different to each other and that are disabled or from different cultures just because of that passive um, exposure to other people to make it less of a spectacle when people just authentically exist like it's just uh, it's something that I don't think I have recognized the power that it can have but it is so big but it's all oh, that subconscious filtering you're yeah just, exactly you're looking at it every day you you don't actively look at billboards you don't actively search on Instagram for the ideal body you don't it, it's just filtered through yeah. constantly in and, drips it and, drives, and it does affect you of course it, it affects and it you. changes like it back when Marilyn Monroe was here, she was the pinnacle of what a female body should look like. And everyone wanted to look like her. And then it changed from curvaceous size 14, size 16 to size two. Like you have to see every rib in your body. Um, and then it's now um, big 
butts like the Brazilian butt implants and and soon it will be something else and there was a thigh gap era for one bit oh my bit. god the triangle thigh gap when I was in high oh, school oh god you know it all changes yeah it all changes and how are you supposed to keep up with that especially yeah. if you don't look anything like it and pe- like we tell you all the time we don't want you to change the whole reason we create this platform is so that people can fit in and you can talk about mm. you and we want to celebrate you yeah and like we said these are all phases these change you don't change yeah and we need to normalize accepting all of us for who we really are yeah exactly but the, when you say you don't change you do it's a natural change. Yeah, you, you don't change your body, to fit into no, something No, else. yeah, but I just wanted to clarify that, like, my body has changed. Oh, shit, yeah. I'm eight kilos heavier than I was last year. I was kindly informed in my appointment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so He was much. like, oh, it's a bit generous. I said it was 10 kilos. I was like, oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Thanks, oh, right. mate. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you so much. But speaking of that, like, I've struggled over the last few weeks because of that whole paperwork admission for the bloody hospital um it asked for my weight and Mm. it would not let me click past without putting a number in so i was like this is gonna hurt my feelings Mm -hmm. i know this is gonna hurt my feelings um this is gonna hurt my feelings and so i put i had to put batteries in the scale because i deliberately didn't Mm -hmm. renew the battery in the scale because I was like, D- these hurt my feelings. I'm well, not going to do this. I, I get, yeah, I tried to palm off my scales to shit X. Mm-hmm. So mum and dad bought shit X the scales mm-hmm. because he wanted them when he was, I don't know, trying to get feel, play football. I don't know. Whatever. He wasn't very fit. Anyway, they bought it for him and was like, take anything that's yours, including the scales. <laughs> take the scales. Anyway, I let them die for a while. Now they're here in the house, but I'm the same. They're hidden. Yep. They're in a drawer. Yep. I don't get to them. I don't use them. Yep. I don't want to know because it came to a point because with my IBS and whatever, I'm pooing so much. So I'm mm. malnourished and the, 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 <laughs> The vet. The vet asked me. <laughs> Fuck. Guys, I'm traumatized. I took Buddy to the vet for his needles. It's on my mind. The like doctor would say, keep a bit of a record. And like mm. when I was having an endoflare, obviously everyone knows you put weight on, you put fluid on. But mm-hmm. then because I was pooing so much, my poo was coming back saying it's mal, you're malnourished, you're not absorbing. So I was yeah. keeping a really close eye and I could see my weight fluctuating. Yeah three to four kilos within days yeah. and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god and then it got to the point where I was they're gonna get going up and I was yeah. like I don't need to know anymore now yeah and I every time I feel chunky and funky which I'm way chunkier and funkier than I was last year like sure. way chunkier and funkier but now I'm like I'm also way fitter yeah than I was as a little little skeleton dying human mm-hmm. last year yeah so I'm trying to sick. like I catch stuff. I'm like, oh, she looks a bit big today. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, that's okay. I'm fit. I'm mm-hmm. healthy. Ish. <laughs> um, and like, I'm, I'm. Did it the other day. I said to old mate, I'm going to do one drawer a week. Clean out one drawer. I've got yeah. so many clothes. I have a problem, and that is my coping me- mechanism a lot of the time. Yes. But I threw out all of my pajamas the other yes. day, and then. We went shopping and we went pajama shopping and I bought pajamas. And yes, I did buy them two sizes big because I was like, I don't give a fuck. Yes. Don't care about the double digits anymore. Your yeah. girl wants to be comfy. Yeah. And I threw everything else out. Yeah. But it is, it's so hard. That's like my own internal battle. Mm-hmm. We all have our own internal battle. And then there's just the fucking <laughs> media and the ideal body image thrown at us. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's important. It's so important 
And it's also important to recognize that you will also go up and down in how you feel about your body. Oh, for sure. And it's through no fault of your own, really. No. You're literally set up to fail. I know. I'm so bad, though. Hit me if you're the same. But, like, if I feel really bad about my body, I just put a fake tan on. I don't do that. I just I know you don't. But, like, I'm like, I'm looking chunky and funky. If I put a tan on, I look good. (laughs) I look good. It's like a Band-Aid fix. And the next time I wake up, I'm like, oh, she looks good today, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And then it washes off and I'm like, oh, oh. So still me. Mm, still here. See, don't we just love Band-Aid fixes because yeah. then the real issue still, still remains. There. Yeah. I know, but the thing is, like, say last Friday, I had a night on my own at home, had a red one. I watched Old People's Home for um, teenagers. teenagers. Loved yeah. it. Nice. And I just had like a moment to myself. But everything else was so overwhelming and my feet were awful endo flare it mm-hmm. was just not a good end of the week Mm-mm. i was like what can i fix i'm gonna tan on at least i'll feel <laughs> good about my outsides because my insides are fucking trying to kill me and i did i baked in my tan you just felt good and it was yeah i would i fucking hate the smell i know you do but i'm gonna do it again tomorrow night. i've already thinking about it when i get home from work i'm gonna do probably a 14 hour shift tomorrow and i'm still gonna come home and put it on so that I feel good on my days <laughs> This so never good. used to be me, by the way. I, I never even owned a bottle of fake tan until mm. probably last year. So it was just probably a bigger problem here. And <laughs> I have body image issues. <laughs> but it's okay. We can laugh about it. We can have a lol. So anyway. Lol, 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 lol. Anyway. You, I think that's it. I think that is it. Look, all I'm saying is I didn't give it credit where credit was due. I would much like... Hang on, let me say that sentence in actual English. <laughs> credit where credit's due. I would like more representation of people with disabilities, different colours, different sizes, different genders. Just more. I'm bored of seeing. I'm different bored. devices, different age, yeah. different... Give them to us. Yeah, I'm bored of feeling like shit. Yeah, sis, preach. Um, and I'm bored of the plain, like, Hollywood glitz vibe. It's not reality. No. And I think we're getting to the point now in society where that whole, like, Wizard of Oz, like, cloud of miragerie of real life, you can kind of see straight through it and you're like, that's not real. Yeah. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. So anyway, that's our little take on the representation of body image out there and how yeah. we feel about it. And I'm sure you all probably feel quite similar and mm. resonate with that. And like I said, it has come from one of our listeners. So we hope that other listeners may feel the same. And diving into that, we decided last week that we, or the week before now, that we would change questions and quotes to questions that you guys give us indeed so we put it out there and we got a shit ton yeah but we're just gonna start with one just one just one a week yeah so what shan's picked this week's question i have picked this week's question question? so this question is from m hen 94 her name's emma um i don't know her pronouns um but they have said do you have bedtime routines if so what are they Good question. Mm. Uh, are you going to go? Why am I going to go? I mean, I, I, you can go first. I mean, I don't really have 
a routine. I don't think like a, like a regimented one. Mm-hmm. I used to always have a cup of tea was my thing <laughs> but before you can't you endo, pee. but I piss all the time <laughs> with my endo. So I used to always have a chamomile and spearmint or a peppermint tea, depending on how my insides were feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, old mate still has it religiously, a chamomile tea every night, but um, sometimes we have one together, but then he realizes how many times I've peed doing that and then he puts me on a ban. So I'm currently on a ban again. Mm-hmm, good. Um, but I obviously take all my drugs before bed yeah. and I do that. I like to do that at least an hour before bed because those fish oil motherfuckers give you mad indigestion. <laughs> They're fucking big too. So I take all my meds before. I need to shower. Like I'm not a shower before bed. I'm like a come home and shower mm-hmm. because I find if I shower too close to bed, it often wakes me up. Sure. That's the only downfall to tanning because I don't like sleeping in my tan. So I put it on for three hours and then just before bed I shower. And then sometimes I'm a little bit more awake. So not What ideal. are you going to do? But so yeah, bedtime routine is an early shower, comfy clothes. I roll out my feet. Mm-hmm. This is so random. I roll out my feet every night because loopers. Um, <laughs> and I was also gifted by my mum and dad's best friend a foot bath. Um like an electric foot bath that heats up and bubbles and massages. Mm-hmm. So now included in that routine is an Epsom salt foot bath. <laughs> You're so bougie. Oh my what goodness. What my fucking dying feet? I love the sound of this, um, but it sounds far too much it's like a effort. Lo- it's a lot. And then I, old mate often unmakes the bed. I'm not a big unmaker of the bed. He like gets it ready. So unmakes the bed. Because my bed's always made, like takes all my pillows and like peels it back. He has a he turns down the bed. Yeah, a turn down service. (laughs) Yeah, he does. (laughs) I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I've never actually I made the bed since he's been here. (laughs) I don't think so. He like takes all the pillows off. He turns. He turns. He has a turn down service. Yeah, and then he. Folds back like a little like a hotel, like into a corner. He he like so you could just slide in. He does this. So every time I finish work, I'm. Every time I finish from work, this is like no joke. Every night I come home to this. My bedside lamp is on or the fairy lights are on. Yeah. This is so funny. He's going to kill me. Anyway. (laughs) And then he lays my dressing gown normally on the bed with my slippers in the bathroom so I can get out. Shut up. (laughs) So I have my turn down service, my foot bath, I roll my foot, I take my drugs, brush my teeth, sometimes put my retainers in. I try to do that two to three nights a week so my teeth don't move. Yeah, good. Um, tonight, I'm doing it tonight and Saturday. I often try to time it when I'll make some night shift just so I don't wake up with retainer lispy mouth. Um, oh, and then God. a part of Bundy's bedtime routine, which is now included in the service Old Mate provides because we had a fucking <laughs> biff about it the other day. It was not a biff. Oh, God. He believes that... If he puts Bundy to bed yeah. and tucks Bundy in, yeah. that he sleeps through the night. Oh. Mm-hmm. So Bundy has two beds, one in the living and one in the dining room. Yeah. We move the one from the dining room into my bedroom yeah. every night uh-huh. because he used to sleep with me. Yeah. It's a bit tight now. So now he sleeps on his bed next to me. Uh-huh. And so I saw it just lifted in. And then if Bundy wanted to come in, he could yeah. come in. Because sometimes he falls asleep in front of the couch. Yeah. No. Old no. mate will get Bundy from the lounge room. Yeah. Take him to the bedroom. Yeah. Tuck him in, kiss him goodnight. And then he sleeps through the night, apparently. Apparently. He 
does sleep. He's pretty good. <laughs> He's pretty good. But anyway, that's good. their routine. So wow. he down. What did you call it? Down lays under turn down turn, service. Turn, turn he provides a turn down service for Bundy also. Oh my goodness. So yeah, you you you. So you. I just I'm st- stuck on the fact that you don't move the duvet for yourself before you get into bed. That's done. It's ready. It's done. ready. I just slide in. Oh my god! And we also do the dishes, which I hate because it's a shit kitchen and we need yeah, a dishwasher. I so know, that's normally sad. like a debrief and dishwash. Oh wow! <laughs> what a routine! <laughs> what a question! What a question. <laughs> anyway, and I also like to either have some trash on TV, but I don't normally like to watch it because I'm either designing logos or drawing or painting or mm. something. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. What's your <laughs> What's my nighttime routine? Well. My nighttime routine is... I'll tell you, tucking in a million pieces of clothing, <laughs> your socks, your pants, your shirts, your jumpers. Yes. Hooking on a hip pillow. Yes. Fucking hell. Absolutely. Um, that is in that correct order. Um, so I get changed into pyjamas. Uh, like Jess adequately said, I tuck my shirt into my pants. Also, I'm going to do a poll for the people about pyjamas. I don't sleep in pyjamas. That, that hurts my soul that you don't sleep in pajamas. Oh, well, so it hurts old mate's soul that people do sleep in pajamas, and most of my friends do, and he cannot wrap his head around it. What do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? I'm just a free spirit. I can't. I know. Can't do it. You've seen me get ready for bed. I know. You've slept with me. I know, darling. You know. Yes. So long sleeve shirt in the winter, pretty much until it's scorching outside. Long sleeve shirt tucked into long pants, preferably with the um, leg warmer ends on. Thank you. Shout out Peter Alexander. Love a sponsorship if you don't mind. Um, And then I also, depending if it's super cold, I put socks on and I tuck my my pants into the socks. I'm done. So now we're we're ready to go. So it, again, similarly, obviously, because Zach lives with me and I live with him. So our nighttime routines are in sync. Ba ba ba. So he goes into the shower, showers just get, before bed. Just before bed. Wild. He showers, gets ready for bed. I put my pajamas on, brush my teeth. I don't shower at night. Not anymore. Oh my god! It's not the one. Not I shower every morning. No. So you work all day and then then you get into those sheets, which you just told me last <laughs> week at team dinner, you hadn't changed for months. Yes. And you've been dirty all day in them. Yes. <sighs> Shook. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Zach, Zach's in the shower. I've got changed. I brush my teeth. Um, we let Nanook out to go for his last wheeze and poos of the evening shut all the doors, turn all the lights off, get into bed. I turn my own service down. I get into my own side of the bed. Um, You'll be pleased to hear that we have the flat sheet over the entire bed at the moment and I'm fucking hating it. Yes. Um, Ah. Just so we're clear. Then I slip on my hip pillow, which is like, it's like a garter, but with a pillow. Um, And then I get my snuggle buddy pillow ready to go i pop my pills swig some water try not to choke when they accidentally get stuck at the back of my throat before you lay down yeah oh that's wrong and then we watch potentially depending on what day of the week it is um a youtube video 
of some of the videos that we watch from Sorted Food or Alex, the French guy, um, to wind down to. Zach lies on me. I play with his hair. Nanox sits at my feet. We watch the video. We go to bed. Love you. Good night. Kiss. Zach puts his uh, grindy teeth mouth guard in and we're good to go. See you in the morning. <laughs> That's me. But funnily enough, Zach works in an office full of women. He's the only male. And he has now been updated with a skincare routine for us from the girls in his office with links to products, etc. And now on my mirror, on our mirror in the bathroom, there is a post-it note of a flow chart because they're all scientists, naturally, of a flow chart of the appropriate uh, nighttime and morning skin routine on my mirror now. <laughs> so touch base with me in about a month and I'll tell you what my skin routine is. Fucking hell. I bet she wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope that answers your question, Emma. Okay, I have a quote. My quote is, I don't wonder anymore what you think of me and I feel free. Fierce. Thank you. This one's pretty cute. Go on then. Sometimes I look at you and wonder where you get all this strength from and I can't help but praise your ability to endure the toughest storm and never crumble. Your will that allows you to love unconditionally and your heart that appears as vast as the universe and as deep as the ocean. I gasp at all of this and everything else that fabricates your soul and I am in awe. Believe me, I am in awe of you. Aww. That's so lovely. So lovely. What a good one to end on. Lovely. I know. Lovely. Well, everybody, on that note, we hope you have a, a fabulous, fabulous week. week. And we're going to too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making it packed. Packed. Okay. It's going to get better this week. Okay. Um, the bar's yes, low. It is low. We've got some exciting things coming. Stay tuned. We're on the downhill now for the end of season three. <laughs> but we hope you enjoyed today. Again, please like, subscribe, share, do all of the things, mm -hmm. rate, review. We're going to put the message box in this week yes. so you can send or just send us a message. Yes. Sounds fabulous. All but right. We hope you have a... Again. Yeah. Another a really fucking fabulous, fabulous week. week. Okay. We okay. Hook, because we didn't do it properly. Okay, so sorry. So sorry. Okay. A fabulous, fabulous week. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye.